Good day. Frankie here. Whew. After getting back to the city, I've been pretty busy with work and stuff. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to fill you in because that's just the kind of guy I am. I was feeling a bit restless, so I went for a walk around the city. And then I bumped into my old friend Murphy, and we did a bit of crime together in the park. Uh... I mean, except it wasn't really a crime. We were just feeding the clubhouse, and uh, nothing nothing else happened. He uh, only kissed me, maybe, a little bit. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Uh, 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 anyway, um, Karen had family dinner, and they finally talked about her being a magic rage monster. Sounds like her kids were pretty excited about it. She also got a letter from the Church of Delton. Where have I heard that name before? I don't know, I'll check my notes later. Flynn had a visit from the administrator, which sounded pretty nice. She talked a little about herself, and then asked him if he would take Wilby to visit some researcher before he gets too big and starts making trouble. So I guess we'll end up doing that soon? And Ido sat down with Poet and learnt where tieflings come from. Apparently, it's not from a bird and a bead, but from selling your soul. The math doesn't check out. The numbers don't align. I don't know. This is pretty interesting, though. He also went to the slums and checked out some abandoned old apartment, and he found a cute little baby Ido painting. Ah, oh, I think that's so cool. But he seemed a bit bothered by it. I wonder why. Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Terrible Adventures of the Jansen Briffitt's Parchment Company. My name is Penny D. I'll be your DM, and one rule that I live my life by is no games on your phone. Never, ever, ever have games on your phone. They're shit. They're not no. real games. They suck up your money. They, like, manipulate your brain chemistry. No games on your phone, ever. Consider this. Sudoku. Now, I would do that on my laptop. No. <laughs> I don't even know. You're I do playing. Wordle on my computer. I do not have games on my phone. I have my Nintendo. That's where I keep my games, and I never have games on my phone because phone games suck shit. You're and not this, wrong. E- this, this episode's brought to you by Idle Heroes. <laughs> oh my god! Are you not brought to you by Dislight? <laughs> I'm Steph, and I play a uh, Frankie the Human Artificer. Uh, one rule I live by, my life by, is. Um, Never go to the supermarket hungry. A good rule. Whenever I'm like going to go to the supermarket, I'll eat something real quick. Yeah, the other week, I broke that rule, and I didn't eat anything all day, and I went to the supermarket at like, I don't know, 8 o'clock at night, and I was starving, and I spent twice as much money as I was you, like... You're just like, that looks good. Yeah. yeah but I'm like, oh, that'd be good. Uh, yes and no. Like, <laughs> in my flat, I don't have a lot of space for food, so my cupboard... My allocated food cupboard is just chalk. My space in the fridge is just chalk. My freezer <laughs> is chalk. Like, I don't have space for 
other things that I actually need to get by. <laughs> we got to start a Patreon to get stuff our own fridge. Yes. Oh, God. And I get paid monthly, so. Oh, no. I, no, I know. That is so I've always been paid fortnightly. Monthly is so hard. No, but it's no, but it's so real though. Like you go to the supermarket hungry, and you're like, "Ooh, I could eat a bag of eight croissants." And then you wake up the next morning, you're like, "Why do I have eight croissants? I don't want these. I don't yeah. eat croissants." Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and because I don't have space to like, like, put them in the fridge or the freezer, like, I have to eat them all before they go off. They've gone bad in like the first like twelve days of the month, so you've got to eat all of them. And right towards the end of the month, you're like, "Oh, that bad croissant's looking pretty good right now." <laughs> Chuck in the air fryer. Just chuck in the air fryer. Hi, my name's Liz, and I play Karen, your favorite dwarven barbarian. And the <laughs> the rule I live my life by, and this is going to sound very ser- silly, but I'm very serious, is nothing bad will ever happen to me, and I will never die. <laughs> I mean, not bad, though, because, like, confidence is important. If I ever think, oh, no, I can't do that thing, I think in my brain, nothing bad will ever happen to me, and I will never die, and then I do it, and then it's always Good. fine. I mean, I would never be able to spend that as much time as you do around horses if I didn't also assume <laughs> that. So. Horses yeah. are truly terrifying beasts. <laughs> they are lovely, but they're also 500 kgs. But, you know, just anything. You go, oh, no, I don't really want to do that. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Nothing bad will ever happen to me and I will never die. And then you do it. And then it's fine. I haven't died yet. Hi, I'm Nate and I play Flynn, the halfling bard and salesman extraordinaire. And my rule to live by, which I guess was also my mum's rule to live by, which sounds really wise until you get to the end of it, she always said, be the best person you can to other people, and if they're not, then it's on them to carry, and also to look like a dick. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so true, though. So true. That is true. So true. Yeah, you can't, you can't control how people react to you, but you can always control how you react to other people. Yeah. Exactly. And what's, what, what they control is their problem exactly so. right I, i'm fully <laughs> i'm fully all the way on board with that except for people who have games on their phone poppy. <laughs> they're not being the best they can be. <laughs> um i am poppy and i play Arthur for the tiefling rogue and actually when liz said her one i thought actually mine is the complete opposite but with the same intention so one thing that i often say to myself and other people when they're in times of stress is nothing matters and we all die because it's true so you may as well do whatever the hell you want yeah (laughs) yeah and everything will be okay like what's the worst well complete opposite rules with the same result so (laughs) yeah exactly exactly. but when you said that it was opposite i thought you meant you're gonna get hurt you're gonna die that was your (laughs) question i was like whoa okay Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, I I tried out Liz's rule and then I fell off a skateboard and broke both my arms. So the first part was untrue. <laughs> but, but did, did you, you die? die? <laughs> Not that time. Not that time. Okay, well, this isn't a philosophy podcast, is it, Penny? No, it's a D&D podcast. Nice, you took my catchphrase. Um, how do we all feel about going ahead and starting arc seven of the Terrible Adventures of the Janice Griffiths Parchment Cup? Let's go oh, to the ordinary. This is going to be arc seven. And it is titled Domain of the Ordinary. Winter marches on in Ymir City. The first snow falls not long after Silver's birthday party. And once it does, 
the city becomes blanketed in white for days at a time. But the allure of gold pulls the citizens out of their homes and into their offices, into factories. As inevitable as the seasons, capitalism too steams ahead. Now, before we get to it, I have a question for Flynn. Oh, okay. What does Flynn do about the administrator's request? Like, how long is it before he really starts taking what the administrator asks him to do seriously? So he, he'll probably take the night action and then get onto it um, quick smart. So as soon as he gets a chance, he's going to talk to the team about what she said because he, he wants to go explore, you know, anything he can really get about Welby, not for only Welby's benefit, but because he's he's got this magical creature. <laughs> he's like, who are you? Was it the Archmage or the Administrator? That... Oh, the Administrator. Oh, okay. No, I want to do it for three weeks. So I'm just assuming that we're like gathered around somewhere, right? Like, yeah, let's say, <laughs> you know, let's say it's Monday morning and you guys are uh, having some coffee in the break room, <laughs> but there's nobody else there. Which the door shut. <laughs> With the door shut. <laughs> so Flynn's like summarizing how um, the administrator's kind of demeanor was. And, you know, she was, she was very uh, topsy-turvy. And as she, even as she ate cake, you know, she was crumbing quite a bit and it looked a bit like, ooh. Rumming. Are you drunk? Rumming. <laughs> She was crumming. About Welby, you think? Or or something else? Or just the whole situation? I think the whole situation. But huh. she was definitely here to, you know, talk to me about Welby. Hmm. And I, yeah, I'm really nervous now that she's kind of pointed out because we know nothing about him or how to care for him or what. How this big is, was This he is true. Him? You kind of just, like, let this lizard who is, like, it's going to turn into a big old mo for a dragon uh but yeah we know nothing about it it could quite easily kill us true but we can't just go to tarago nook why not well even the main branch of the stone cutters have to be invited there oh it's so exclusive Karen, can't just have, get have you it. met us <laughs> we have imperial seals bitch um <laughs> Now, Thank now, you. I am your su- I am your superior. You can't just call me bitch. We're on break. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Frankie's going to take out his orb of advice and shake it and be like, "Should we just go to Tarago Nook uh, and get help about Wilby?" Uh, and he shakes it. Oh, roll me a d20. This is cool how it's actually randomized. You're not just like going forward with whatever the story would require. <laughs> That's a 16. Hang on, I'm just googling magic 8-ball responses. <laughs> <laughs> That's a meme. No, 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 it's an orb. <laughs> magic 8-orb. So you, what did you roll again? Uh, 16. Very doubtful. Ooh. Oh. oh. I don't know, Bye, guys. I guess we're not going there. Arc over. See? See? Exactly. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't give up yet. I could always see if um my family could, you know, use some of our networks to get an invite. Yeah, you're probably the richest one here, Flynn. That's probably a great idea. Yeah. Like, you probably have cousins that live there. Well, we've had we've had lots of clients that uh, have invited us as, you know, offered perks for some um, some of my father's developments, but we haven't really taken it up because my parents don't really like the cold. Roll me history checks, everyone, just for what you know about Tarago Nook. Ooh. Oh, that's a nat 20. <laughs> nat 20. <laughs> That's, that's appropriate. That's appropriate for Flynn. Frankie got um, a 22. That's a 19 for Ida, surprisingly. And I got a 15 plus. My history's pretty high. Yeah, I got an 18. Okay, so this is everyone then. You, there's a couple of things that you guys all know about Tarago Nook. One, none of you have ever been there. Uh, two, it's only open 
like basically people get invited to go there and it's like the top dollar ski resort it's like a beautiful like winter ski town at the top of a mountain there's only one way to get there which is uh, by invitation by centipede train um, that's the only way that you can actually go there you probably you know you could travel on foot because you can walk you know people can walk wherever they want but there's no road <laughs> that goes there so you can have a look at the map of Yamesa, uh if you want to i can post that in the chat if anybody would like a quick link to that i would like a link to the map okay cool yeah just, Sorry, just the map in. yeah so that's what you know about tarago nook and i'll just throw out a timeline there this is the if this is the monday after flinvar had his conversation with the administrator Idif has not had his conversation with Poet yet. We're kind of not quite okay. at the end. So there would be at least okay. one more week before Idif has that conversation. So I will say for continuity's sake that you have to wait at least one week. So if you want to, why don't you, you can either roll or pick a number of weeks until you decide that, that it's time to go. Because remember, you did just have like a month of work as well <laughs> to go to the hives. So if you want oh, to like, true. you know, put in some more time before you take off some holiday, let me know how many weeks it's going to be. And then uh, we've got a little surprise. Oh, my original answer was going to be three weeks, but I think I'm going to go for seven weeks. Seven oh. weeks? Yeah. Really, like, settle down into getting some good sale leads. Uh, seven weeks. All right. Flynn, one at a time. We're going to roll on the Welby misbehavior table. So I you to go ahead and roll me a D10, and we're going to roll it seven times or until you, like, really call it and decide, like, no, it's time to go. <laughs> okay. Seven. On the first week, so at the end of this week, Idif is going to have this conversation with Poet. Um, Karen tries out a morning yoga class with the staff. <laughs> and when everyone comes back to collect their shoes, they've all been chewed and ripped apart. No! <laughs> what happens on the second week? <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's find out. That's a two. On the second week, the factory has an incident involving an ink explosion, uh, and Idafa, who has to clean it up, discovers a small dragon-shaped silhouette, like Bugs Bunny-like, within the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I do on. love this. It's adorable. <laughs> Getting a little um, ink um, paw prints leading away, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, all, all of that. All of that. Everyone <laughs> in the office is talking about it for the rest of the week. Uh, roll me on the uh, Welby misbehavior chart uh, a third time. Four. People at the office start noticing that their loose change is missing, uh, as well as like their pencils and erasers and like notepads and stuff. Like things are getting stolen. Um, and after a theft of <laughs> petty cash, the office starts regular bag searches. Uh, and Frankie uh, later discovers a small pile of coins and office <gasps> supplies hoarded away in a ventilation shaft. Oh, he's got a little nest. His tiny smog. Yeah, he started hoarding. He's doing a hoarding. Oh, he's just, like just a baby. He's <laughs> <laughs> just a baby. <laughs> We're now three weeks in. <laughs> At any time now, uh, Flint, you can basically cut it. Uh, and say, all right, that's enough. Time to time to start getting this this trip together. So Go roll me a one. roll me a fourth week. <laughs> okay. Oh, seven again. Uh, so that yeah, the thing with the yoga class happens again. Uh, everyone has just gotten themselves new shoes, and everyone's like finally <laughs> like, all right, we're gonna have another go at this. And Karen's so excited to start like, you know, Tai Chi oh, no. yoga kind of classes, <laughs> and then you come back, and yet yeah, all the shoes are destroyed again for the second time. Flynn's like walking around the office being like, I swear I've heard mice around here somewhere. How horrible. <laughs> I'm like, Flynn, I've set up multiple traps. We've not caught any rodents. 
Oh my gosh, what kind of traps? <laughs> Small traps. Karen falls to her knees and she's like, <laughs> no! <laughs> no one will ever do these classes with you ever again. No Karen. one will ever do yoga with Karen ever again. <laughs> Goodbye, workplace well-being. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Nate, are you not gonna not gonna call it yet? You wanna roll again? Yeah, I rolled again. I rolled again. It's it's an eight. A messy, disemboweled rat is found in the oh! break room. And when you check Welby, his face is like covered in blood. <laughs> He did not go into my hat that day. <laughs> Delicious. Oh, I'm so Just out of curiosity, <laughs> has Welby grown at all? No, like he's a little bigger than he was when he was like, when he was newborn, he was like very small within Flynn's palm and he's a halfling, mm-hmm. so he's got a very small hand. Um, he's probably now about the size of a mouse mm-hmm. and he's probably in a, a total of about, at this point, about eight weeks old. So that, that's how old he is in total. Flynn, what else you got? You want to go again? Yeah. I'm stuck with management. Six. Janderson has begun an unadvised beekeeping project on his balcony. So he's keeping <gasps> beehives out there. Uh, and one day the hives are completely destroyed. And for the next couple of days, Welby throws up wax. <laughs> and Janderson's real sad because he like spent a lot of money to get special bees. And it does not like everyone's like, are you sure you want to keep bees around the office? And he's like, yep. That sounds like a great idea. And uh, yeah, and then after all, like he goes out there one day and the, and the hives have just been like, just decimated. Can someone please draw Janison in a beekeeper suit? That'd be adorable. Just like <laughs> throwing his hands up in the air. Like, uh, you want to do me one more, one more Flynn. Oh, haven't had three before? Uh, no, we've not had three before. Uh, oh. uh, Flynn uh, accidentally stands on Welby's tail. And in response, oh. he hits you with his euphoria breath attack. Oh my God. Causing you to walk into and tip over a tower of completed paperwork oh. and you're sent home for the rest of the day because everybody thinks you're drunk. Oh my oh God. No. Oh. <laughs> hey, are you okay? I'm such a bad man. <laughs> and oh I'm like, God. as he's being escorted out of the building, I turn to Karen. I'm like, man, Flynn's really let himself go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So well be. Is that the last straw, Flynn, or are you going to keep going? Oh, like how long God. are you putting up with this before before you're putting your foot down and saying all right no it's time i don't know i did i did want to stick to the original seven though was that seven or was that six so i think we've been up to yeah six there's one more okay last chance last chance will <laughs> i'm nervous there's not many numbers left though so. no nah, there's not many left five what are your co-workers let's say it's uh Shistine. Brings a new pot plant in for their desk, oh. and Welby decides that that's now his new toilet. Oh. And oh. By the end of the week, the plant has withered and died, and it's really smelly. Oh my god. All right. Justine! <laughs> what kind of plant is this? Flynn's like, to Welby, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Not suitable for an office. <laughs> Scurries away. He's like, right, team! I like to imagine that because Welby can um, communicate using basic telepathic um, <laughs> telepathic concepts, that he communicates with you using emojis. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> Wink. That's adorable. Yeah, he sends you the little face with the angel halo above it, and oh that's my his god, little... this is a sweet boy. He uses that one emoji with the big eyes a lot. The, the one that's like begging, the begging the emoji. <laughs> like, ooh! <laughs> I'm just a baby! <laughs>
it's it's been it's been seven weeks since Wabi started misbehaving, but actually it's been uh, nine weeks since the birthday party. So you've been back at work for nine weeks. What have all your characters been doing during this time? Karen's been doing two things. One, like she said earlier, she's been working on getting support from the stonecutters for a trip to Taraganook. And she's also gone to the church. Okay. What did you want to find out at the church? She wanted to go in and see how everybody's doing, uh, mostly. But she also wants to see if she can find out any more information about the person called Dalton. Okay, so why don't you roll me a religion check then? Absolutely, I can roll you a religion check. You provide so much interest that you get door knockers. <laughs> Karen's the one door knocking on the church. They're like, go away! And she's like, let me learn about Dalton! <laughs> who, is, who is he? Have you heard of our saviour? Our lord and saviour, Dalton? Is Dalton our lord and saviour? Oh, not a very good roll. Um, I got a 10. I don't have any pluses. You go there a couple of times just to like sit and listen, um, you know, on a Sunday morning, just to sort of see what you can pick up. And a couple of weeks in, you are noticed by someone who must have been present at Marvelous's mansion um, mm. when you rescued them. Cause someone does come up and, you know, say that they've seen you here a couple of times. One thing that you did pick up on was that they use a bluebird symbology a lot uh, when, they're, when they're praying to Dalton. And that when they are talking about him, they're talking about how he makes their dreams come true and that, you know, he will appear in your dreams. What, what you kind of pick up is that Dalton uh, is symbolized by a bluebird um, and that he is supposedly the god of dreams. Interesting. But that, that's all you get. You get no other lore on him other than just the, the basics. Right, so he is a god though, he's not like some saint or some kind of hero who's been deitized. That's that's all I can give you, that they worship him as the god of dreams. Okay. Interesting. I was wondering, so the place, the address that I went to was abandoned, right? Like there were sheets on everything. It, yeah, it seemed like not abandoned in the way where, you know, pe you know, homeless people have been sleeping in there or whatever, but it seems like no one's been there for a long time. Um, how big was the painting? Is it something that I could just like take off the wall and bring home with me? Yeah, yeah, um, you definitely could. You'd be walking through the slums for a couple of hours to get it home. Um, but yeah, if you wanted to, you could bring the painting home. I think I... Would it be weird if, like, a deer was just running through the slums with a painting on its back? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that'd be, that would be extremely weird, but also, like, you Faster. know, it could just be one of those, like, urban legend kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that because I feel like it'll be faster and it'll be easier for me to, like, just, like, I'll strap it onto my back while I'm in tiefling form and then be like, Dear. <laughs> okay. Um, mark an electrum off of your stocks because it does cost an electrum to become uh, an animal. Yeah. We, we re-looked at the rules and basically before I didn't do it, but from now on it's uh, one Electrum to transform into an animal per CR. So uh, yep, yep. CR rating of one is one Electrum, CR rating of two is two, and you think that's a fractional one is just one. One, yeah. Yeah, so you, you do transform into a deer. Is this the first time you traveled there or do you go back there later and, and get, the, get the painting? I think I go back there because the first time I'm just like a bit kind of in shock a little bit, I guess. Yeah, okay, that's so fair. So I go um, back, yeah. Did you, did you tell anyone about it, or did you keep it to yourself? Keep it to myself, but um, when I get home with this painting, I would like to talk to my parents and see if they know anything about my origins. Okay, sure. So this is going to be, uh, what role do you want to get the painting home? 
undamaged. What am I good at? <laughs> Let's say... It's not a sleight of hand, no. <laughs> it's probably more of like a stealth roll, I think, to like... Yeah, I you would You'd be trying to avoid people, right? Because if you like tried to you know, get in line at the train station like this, uh, people would not go for it. So let's no. say, let's roll, a, let's roll a stealth roll. Okay. 14? You do drop it once. Like you're most of the way home. I'd say you got three quarters of the way uh, and then your ropes come loose. You do still manage to get it home, but you do have to transform back into Idafa to carry it like the rest of the way. Mm. But you do, you do manage to get the painting home. So you show it to your parents and what do you ask them? I'm like, hey, so I'm not your kid, obviously. Well, you know, not your biological kid, obviously. But I have been advised that this is me. And I point at the baby in the fo- in the picture. And I go, do you know anything about this? Uh, yeah, uh, roll me a history check. Okay. I love the idea of Idafer going up to his halfling parents and going, so I'm not your biological child and they're like no way we actually actually did that joke once before when they were like oh you're adopted he's like i'm oh my god um i got a 13 on the history check they tell you a story about you know how they decided they wanted to have children and that they knew that there were already lots of unloved children in the city so instead of having their own you know progeny they decided to go and adopt and they remember they remember going to the orphanage and they remember coming back from the orphanage. But for whatever reason, they can't tell you what happened when they went there to, like, pick a child. Okay. Like, for whatever reason, they, like, just kind of dismiss it as, like, you know, it was just such a whirlwind. I don't even remember, like, going in there and choosing you. But I remember coming home with you and deciding to love you. Can I use yeah. a, I guess, insight just to see if they're hiding something from me? Yeah, go ahead. A nine. <laughs> Not very good. As far as you know, like your parents aren't liars. They've got no reason to keep anything from you. Okay. It's it's hard to tell, um, because there's a very big section of the story that you don't get told. Yeah. But yeah, it's it is it is what it is. Like they tell you what they know and you don't distrust them. Okay, sweet as. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna hang this painting up in my room and uh, ruminate on it for a while. <laughs> but if you guys have any more information let me know this feels like it's going to be a big journey of self-discovery they they promise to tell you if if something happens okay um, and they want they want to know if you like if you added the words our last hope or like what the, what that means yeah I, nah this was just here which you know is is a lot of stress for a, a young man but um it'll be fine <laughs> uh yeah absolutely Frankie and uh, Flynn, I mean, Flynn, aside from cleaning up after your dragon friend, uh, how do the two of you spend this time? Frankie, I remember that you said you had something um, that, that Frankie had been considering. So are you getting started on that? Yeah. So Frankie is, at least I think, uh, is looking at, um, you know, his options in enrolling in the university. Oh, that's Ooh. right. So you've got two major choices here. You can enroll to the School of Magic, or you can enroll to, like, the academic university. Mm-hmm. And once upon a time, you had been offered a scholarship to the academic university, um, and you turned it down. So which one are you yeah. applying to? I think Frankie would be applying to probably the School of Magic. So he's not quite ready to, you know, abandon science, but 
you know, he feels like if he could learn a bit more about magic, he'll be more helpful to those around him, and that's what he wants to do. Like, he wants Aww, to be sweet boy. helpful. And also, uh, sort of in the meantime, while he's doing that, he wants to uh, build up his sort of portfolio, if you will, of things. So I've had him do one of his uh, artificial infusions. Okay. Um, so he's made uh, Boots of the Winding Path. Oh, cool. That's cool. What does that do? As a bonus action, you could teleport up to 15 feet to an unoccupied space. You can see you must have occupied that space at some point during the current turn. Nice. So he's okay. going to do that. And so he had to go out and find some boots. And, you know, Frankie's not good at shopping. So he's found some... Just some plain, you know, boots with a cute little, like, brass buckle. And the, the, the toes curl up, like... Like wizard boots. Like wizard boots. Yes, like little elf shoes. And he's attached little, like, leather wings to the sides to make them Aww. a little bit, like, cute. And he's going to wear those now. I love that. They don't, you know, go with any of his outfits, but they look real cute. That's what he's done. Oh, Boots of the Winning Path. I like that item. It's cool. I am imagining them kind of as those... You remember those sneakers that used to be really popular and you would thread one... Yes. One wing onto each of the... Yes, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Just one. <laughs> yeah. That was a real scene kid thing. Just out of interest, Frankie, what infusions do you currently have active aside from the boots? So I imagine Hans is another one, right? Yeah, I just have Hans and the boots at the moment. Okay. Um, just, just out of interest, after you sold those glass, those eyes of charming to Murphy, did, how long did you keep it active for before you kind of like stopped concentrating on that, let it go inert? I'd say about a week, and then Frankie's like, "Oh yeah." Uh, anyway, what's over here? And he's just completely forgotten about that. Don't worry about it. That's surely not going to come back to to bite Frankie in the butt. Sure. And the butt. Um, uh, question, uh, so, uh, question. Very, very important question. Very important question for Steph before we move on. Yes. It's been seven weeks. Do you go on a date? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you go on a date? Do you go on a date? Hey, do you go on a date? I, <laughs> I would, I would like to imagine that like Frankie's version of a date would actually just be like not traditional because he he's never been on. He doesn't know like what this is. So he's like, yeah, we could go on a date. Uh, do you want to help me make these boots? Uh, and. <laughs> Oh, so you take Murphy shoe shopping with you? That was your idea of a date? <laughs> Murphy, I need to get some shoes. <laughs> uh, okay, oh, okay. So you've got two choices here. You can roll on how your application to the School of Magic goes, or you can roll on how your date with Murphy goes. <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. Um, I'm gonna say roll on the the School of Magic one for okay. now because I think that's a little Good bit more choice. More. Cool. Um, what what role would you like to do? I'd pitch persuasions, probably a good one for app applying to a university. But you can choose whatever role. Like you could do an arcana role or something if you think that's a better one. Yeah, persuasion does make sense, but arcana, like it's a magic. Hey, I actually know some magic stuff. Mm. He, and also, I'm better at arcana than I am at persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll roll arcana. Okay. Uh, that's sixteen plus eight is twenty-four. Nice. So just before the sort of end of this sort of wait time that we're doing, you get a response from the School of Magic, along with a personal handwritten note from the Archmage 
basically the the school of magic has accepted your application and says that when the uh, springtime rolls around that you can start either part or full-time classes and the personal note from the archmage says that you know if you wanted to enroll you could have just come to see her in person she appreciates that you went through the main channels but like you're one of the you're one of the like most talented people. You're one of the most talented magicians in the city. And that you could have just come and said hello to her and she oh. would have found you somewhere. Uh, Frank, Frankie wouldn't have done that. That's not Frankie. He would have been like, Yep, I gotta gotta do it the, the right way, you know. So uh Frankie would not tell the team this until like he wants to wait until like an opportune time and we're all together so he could show everyone his acceptance letter because he's very proud Aww. of it. Oh. Is he is he is he doing a full time degree or is he doing a half uh, part time? Yeah, like will he still be at work? I, I would say he'd probably do part time because he still needs to like have money and stuff mm. to support himself and family. So and, and also the show isn't called The Terrible Adventures of the Janice and Rufus Parchment Company and a student. Like he still has to has to to apply for student allowance and yeah, yeah. Really, like I don't want to do a scene where you have to do like go and meet with Study Link. So um, (laughs) oh my god, oh does any of us, man? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nice. And just to touch on your date, Murphy like humors you when you ask him for a date. Um, he's a bit older than you, like not by much. Like you are what twenty two, twenty three. He's twenty eight. Yeah. So, like, he just comes with you, hangs around, like, kind of teases you for your choice of boots, but, like, he kind of gets into it, and he also goes and, like, tries on ridiculous boots that, you know, to make you laugh. God oh, damn it, Murphy, you smooth bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he buys you both gelato, and um, he doesn't he doesn't kiss you again, but when you finish your date, like, you can tell that he had a really good time. Um, and then later that, later that day, he does uh, call you on the Sending Stone uh, and tell you that tell you that uh, he had fun and that, Aww. you know, if you want to go out again, that he would like that. Okay. This is very cute. It's like, um, it's like when some one person is slightly more experienced at dating than the other person and the person slightly who's less more? experienced. Yeah. And the person who's less experienced is like, let's go to the mall. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <"Ew>, you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn, what do you get up to for the seven weeks, aside from obviously cleaning up after Welby? <laughs> Lynn would spend kind of split the time between following up on, I always say this, but he's, he, he really needs to stay on top of his numbers and, and keep his networks alive. But also at the same time, he's kind of been broaching the subject with his dad, uh, with his father, his dad, <laughs> around the connections and kind of who he could pitch to about possibly official access to Tarragonnook. Your dad basically tells you that, first of all, he seems really distracted when you're talking to him. (laughs) And you can gather, without him really telling you, you gather that what happened at Ace Alley, like, affected a lot of his business. And the, you know, the Onagon name took a big hit when Ace Alley fell into the, you know, fell into the sinkhole. No. And it, and he does like you do catch him talking about how one of his business partners is like almost ruined, um, and mm. that's taking a lot of that's taking a lot of his time. But basically, when you do get time with him, he tells you that the train to Tarago Nook only leaves you know once a year at the beginning of winter, and so even if you had the influence to get there, 
there actually isn't a train that that will leave until you know the start of next winter so you've kind of missed it we haven't really talked about the centipede trains before but basically within the city they run regularly connecting the north east and west districts with many stations and stops like this is there's minimal access across the south district but all four of you would likely take the train the centipede train to and from work each day to get from the east district to the west district just it's just sort of part of life you know there's a lot of stops you just like climb a little climb stairs to a little platform and there's kind of these big you know rails that go across the top of the city and just seeing the centipedes like you know scuttle along the tracks it's just a normal part of life in Yumiya city if anybody wants to they can roll a nature check to see what they actually know about the centipedes themselves yeah i rolled a 23. nice okay i don't need to roll (laughs) i don't have an interest in engineering yeah that's fine (laughs) Uh, so frankie's the only one who wanted to roll on this yeah I think so. Okay, with a 23, Frankie, you know quite a bit about the centipedes. Of course you do. You know uh, that when they get to a certain age, they're kind of fitted with, like, the train carriages is like a harness that they get fitted to. That with, like, They put them on it at, like, their pre-mature stage. They kind of grow into it where they like you can't actually take it off like as they grow it kind of like cements itself into part of their bodies the breeding of them is really really rigidly controlled as a lot of the time the hatched eggs will often consume their uh consume their parents upon hatching and when this is not the case uh the centipedes will learn how to be trains simply by copying what their parents do so they're really really careful about you know where the eggs are allowed to hatch and you know like how the young are reared and yeah, and thus they've become, you know, really useful transportation features around the city. So that's what you know about the centipedes. Okay, cool. Flynn, what you've learned is that there is no way to travel there by train. You're going to need to find another way there. Ooh, okay. Hmm. Interesting that your father is being financially ruined by the Ace Alley being destroyed as well. Shady, shady businesses. Well, also there's a lot of legitimate businesses there. Like, there's a lot of, like, you know, noodle stands and all kinds of things that are there. Those shady noodle stands. It's a front. It's a front. I mean, that's true. But, <laughs> you know, who gets rich off a noodle stand? You get rich off of selling property or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Depends on the noodles. That's true. If they're really good noodles, I would spend a lot of money there and they'd probably get quite rich. Yeah. Instagram follow. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is a noodle podcast. And you're making me hungry. This is a noodle podcast. <laughs> so you guys get back together um, after seven weeks, uh, basically for a Flynn to say, like, we've got to do something about Welby. No, yeah, you're right. We have to do something about Welby. The amount of things I've had to clean up these last few weeks because of your little rat dragon. <sighs> he just doesn't know any better. Well, I'm just going to insert some boundaries. Insert the boundaries. I don't know how, it's a dragon. Boundaries are very important. You have to establish one dominance so that it uh, recognizes you as, uh, you know, daddy, if you if you will. As uh, daddy. As Got to pop the dragon. Daddy. <laughs> Is that what you call Murphy these days? <laughs> okay, I feel like we're getting off track a little bit here. Uh, really, really good points, boys. Really good points, everybody. But uh, the f- the fact of the matter is, we just can't get to Tarago Nook. Uh, e- even with all of my contacts, there's just no way the centipede trains don't run. And uh, we can't wait another year to find out what Welby's going to do next. My yoga, uh, my yoga class is already ruined. Yeah, I'm so sorry about your shoes, Karen. Yes, they were expensive. I understand there's not another train, but we can just go there, right? 
How? Well, it's kind of on the mountainside. Carriage or something? No, you can't go there by carriage. It's up halfway up a bloody mountain, I defer. Yeah, but like if we take a carriage to the bottom of the mountain and then we use our, our magical powers to somehow make it easier for us to get up. Like, come on. We have done I'm, worse I'm than sorry. this, Karen. Not all of us can turn into magical mountain goats, I defer. Yeah, but I can, so I can do it. Okay, so one person can go up to Tarago Nook and talk with a wizard. Do you know? Do you actually know how to talk to wizards, Idafa? Yeah, I can talk no. to a wizard. No. <laughs> so, oh, it looks like it wouldn't be that hard. Like, <laughs> I could just be a mountain goat. Do we know? <laughs> do they have? So, do the trains go right into the center of Tarago Nook? Basically, there's there's one train. It it travels along uh it travels along a single rail and it goes up to the town. Yeah. Okay. Um, so but, but let's just say that we've ruled that out as a possibility. Yeah. So if there's only one train that goes there, what do people do if they want to leave midwinter or something? Maybe they've got like a business deal or something that rich people do. You have no idea. Let's paraglide down. <laughs> yeah, actually. Um, uh, well, I, I, I can't say I've never been. The people who are invited there have already come back. So, like, essentially, there's one train. It goes up there, keeps them for a couple of weeks, and then comes back and drops everybody off again. That's like the only time that visitors ever go so, up there. So, Holland, so there's pretty much no one there right now. Well, there's there's got to be some people up there because you know the, the professor that you're supposed to well, yeah. meet with apparently lives there. So, but, like, the tourist season is over. Yeah, yeah. So, look, the thing is, guys. Drago Nook isn't far from here, so if nothing else, we could at least go for a little trek outside the city and see what the situation is at the bottom of the hill. Who knows, maybe there is, like, a gondola or something that goes up. We don't know, we haven't been there. Maybe, maybe. Are you suggesting we go the way that's the same as the train, or should we go a different way? I'm not walking the train tracks. Yeah, no, that sounds very dangerous. We're not like a group of four young boys going on an adventure of our lifetime. <laughs> to find to find a dead body. <laughs> well, yeah. that's not bad. <laughs> but no, I think we should just uh, maybe grab a carriage this weekend, go for a little venture out and see what is at the bottom of the mountain. Because there has to be a way up. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. How do they get supplies up there? Exactly. We can take the, the I don't remember the word, the maintenance shaft or whatever. <laughs> Could we use our nefarious contacts to find out if there's another way up, like a, a smuggling? Our way nefarious up? contacts? Do you mean all those children that live in the sewers? Cause, oh, actually, it's not <laughs> a bad idea. <laughs> I meant Murphy or something. <laughs> Let's say we've already kind of spent seven weeks looking for routes, um, and okay. that would include, you know, going to talk to Murphy. Um, oh, you yeah. might have even asked the administrator for help. Mm. So they have no info. Yeah, so what you've got, like, everything that I've told you so far about the town um, and about how the train works and everything is what you have from, you know, seven <laughs> weeks of, of finding routes oh up there. Us going to the, like, going for a trek to the bottom of the mountain, is that going to be useful? Or would we already know that there's nothing there? So the map shows that there's the, the kind of, the pathway that's the railroad. Rail, railroad. Railroad. The rail. Oh, the railroad. The centipede. Yes. Listen to be tracks. Just watch <laughs> um, And then the other one we can go out to, it's called Titan Slumber, which is kind Roll of. Romeo Wisdom Saving Throw. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Everyone. Terrifying. I was wondering about that one. Wisdom Save. Oh, oh, I don't even worry about me. What did you get out of that? I got a three. Okay, you fail. 
Frankie rolled a natural one. Oh, oh. Frankie, you fail. <laughs> Frankie, Karen, so wise. <laughs> Karen rolled an 18. You pass, Karen. Yes. Flynn rolled a 10. Flynn fails. So when Flynn says the words Titan slumber, everybody gets like an injection of fear. They feel fear. Oh, we um, just got everybody, frightened? Everybody except for Karen, your vision shifts and suddenly you're elsewhere. You're in oh. a small, quiet town and you're oh. running. You're running as fast as you can. And to the sides of you, you can see others running as well. Uh, you could see a dragonborn, a goliath, a gnome, a green woman with tusks. Frankie, you know these people. You've seen them. Oh. You feel panicked and afraid and you're running in fear. And you turn and you look back behind you and you could see an armored person locked in combat with a terrifying humanoid being surrounded by a gold aura. Oh. And you look up and your blood turns cold. An enormous flaming meteor is falling from the sky only minutes away from impacting the ground exactly where you're standing. <clears throat> and then you're back in the oh. room. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, <clears throat> did, did anyone else experience that just now where we went out of body? No. No place. Yeah. You guys, your eyes just glazed over and you started dribbling. Uh, Idafa, wipe your mouth. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Um, Karen, roll okay. me a perception check. <laughs> Natural 20! <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Karen, you felt the fear as well, but it was external. Uh, and during those like oh. few seconds where the other guys kind of glazed over, the amulets all glowed uh, for, oh. for, that, for that time. Uh, I think your amulets were showing you something. Did my amulet oh. glow? Uh, no. I pull my amulet out, I'm like, what did you just do? (laughs) (laughs) Kia ora, Penny here. Happy 2023 to us all. We're really excited about the plans for JBPC this year, and we hope that you're all enjoying the new episode so far. A uh, heads up that we have another JBPC live show planned for next month. So come and join us uh, on Twitch on the 19th of February for some Valentine's Day fun. All of our usual tomfoolery with a very familiar special guest and some sweet Valentine's Day adventuring. Maybe we'll have that Frankie date. Thank you very much to our JBPC patrons who support our show uh, over on Patreon.com. Uh, James Courtright, Sam Sarah at Gamers ADHD, New Waffles, Who Dis, Claire McDonald, Jules Bergeser, Violet, Shobna Lee, Alex Moore, London Hood, Jesse Wesson, and brand new patrons, Disturbed One NZ and Andrew Evans. You're all champions, and now that we have enough people to start a professional softball team, I've gone and signed us up for the big game on Saturday. If you would like to become a supporter of the terrible adventures of the Janice and Breffitt's Parchment Company, go check out patreon.com slash jbpcpodcast. We've got a lot of different tiers and a lot of different stuff that you can unlock, and we post patron-only exclusive content there from time to time. Music credits, thanks to DJ Williams for Old Lang Syne, Quinsas Morida for Boom Bap Flick, and Joan for Clean and Dance, Jimena Contreras for Devil's Organ, Anno Domini Beats for Illusions and Sinister, Diala for ILY Baby, King Canyon for Keep On Moving, and Otis McDonald for We Cruisin'. 
As always, our social media pages are facebook.com slash Podcast and at JBPC Podcast on Twitter. And keep an eye out on the Kiwi RPG hashtag this year for all sorts of things that Kiwi creators like us are doing with their projects. For our Twitter poll of the episode, which of the away team would you most like to have over for a New Year's party? Uh, are you going to have Idafa, you know, stealing your drinks? Are you going to have Karen making up your snacks? Tag us at JBPC Podcast and let us know who would make the best New Year's Eve party guest. That's it from me. Please enjoy the rest of the episode. We'll be posting part two on Sunday, the 23rd of January. Back to the show. Aaron says Titan slumber again. Whoa! You feel that same fear again. Uh, you don't see the vision again, but like it's kind of weird, right? Because you feel it as an emotion, but it kind of feels like like it's being what's the word? Like it's being pushed on you hmm. from an external source. Is it the pendants that are afraid? That can't oh. be right. I, I, I know the my pendants that and I'm are. Like, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. Everything's all right. Could it be that the pendants are remembering things that have happened before? Well, did you guys recognize any of the people in, in that vision? Yes. I recognized all of them. Wait, what? what? Really? Yes. Tell oh. us. Oh. Uh, I thought everybody knew. N- no. no. Okay. Frankie. Yes. Please tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, uh, I don't know how much you know uh, about... Nothing. Just assume nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well... Turns out these amulets belong to other people, and what? those other people have done things, including killing a god. Whoa! I thought we talked about this, but obviously we didn't. Uh, I'll be honest, we probably did, but it's been a <laughs> I think whirlwind. I remember the god slaying. Yeah, Frankie, did you tell them? Like, have you had time to sit the party down and talk to them about the full vision? I, I feel like, Frankie, well, in this time, we would have sat down and be like, hey, look, this is what happened, and we need to talk about this. This is, <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> well, how, about, how about we say that he didn't say what they look like, so everyone's uh, like, yeah. who's this, who's this yeah. orc woman? That's and right. Frankie's like, we yeah, all, I already told you about her. We all know that people owned these amulets previously. Oh, I yeah. know that Six owned my amulet, for example. Yeah, because Quisp, yeah. Quisp, Quisp told you. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 But I don't think Frankie would have went into detail about what these people look like, because Frankie wouldn't have thought that those details would be important. Yeah. <laughs> Until right like, now. Yeah. <laughs> Until right <laughs> now. Okay, well, yeah. based on that, I, yeah, it must be that amulets are scared. He pulls out his amulet once more. He's like, so, like I get you're scared, but... We should probably look into this. <laughs> He's just talking to his ambulance, but also to the group. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't actually know that much about uh, old TS. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a strange, strange town, isn't it? Well, I, I'll be honest. I have never, never heard of it, but oh, it yes, sounds but... important. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought it was just a. Big old uh, rock formation that kind of looked like a big fallen over giant, but what if it's looks not? like the back end That's of a chicken? Cool. The back end of a chicken. It does look like a chicken. <laughs> wow, there's been some weird stuff. It does also kind of look like the back end of a chicken. And who knows? Like based on like the maps that I've seen, <laughs> show that Titans. I mean, 
TS is pretty close to Tarago Nook, so maybe there is a way for us to get up there. But what if our amulets are giving us a warning? Yeah, well, well you know, we've we've yeah, well, we've survived we've survived a lot. And, we have survived a lot uh, so far. Nothing bad has ever happened to us, and we have not died. So exactly, I think Frankie because we will never get hurt, <laughs> and we will never die. <laughs> I don't think Frankie died. I think he just got teleported somewhere. That's yeah, fine. that's that's true. And and I got better. He got better. Yeah, and so like you came back looking better than ever, Frankie. That's right. Very handsome. Anyway, we should probably go to TS. So that's the plan. We're going to travel to Titan Slumber and then see if you can find a way up the mountain from there. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Shall we do that this weekend? Okay. (laughs) Road trip. So the party can make their traveling preparations. How do you prepare? Do you purchase anything? Like, how do you prepare for for this journey? Karen is going to do two things. She's going to purchase another bull climbing kit, like the one that she got from the hives. Cool. Ten gold. Eat some grass. Ten gold. Fantastic. And she is also going to sign everybody out of work for a week. And she's oh, going thank to, you. And she's going to have a quiet word with Jansen Breffitt Jr. about, you know, this is important. It's related to... Uh, the safety of the city, you know, uh, just 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 like the other, just like the other stuff, etc., etc. Away team things, but of course we'll be taking Flynn, and we'll see if we can't come back with a few good contracts from old Titans S. Yeah, it's really weird about Titans S. <laughs> <laughs> Jennison obviously gives you his blessing to go do away team stuff. Um, he tells you that, uh, you know, assuming this is about the safety of the city, then that's fine. Um, and he asks you to bring him back some merch. If, if you're going to Titan Slumber, he uh, asks you to bring him back some merch. Oh, cool. They've got, like, banties or something? Banties! Like Absolutely, I'll bring him back some merch. Uh, does anyone else want to purchase anything? We all got rations and yeah. things like that? I was going to say, yeah, I would like to stock up on rations. And yeah. probably, I'm not going to buy a full climbing kit, but, like, a good, a good length of rope. <laughs> Okay, um, let's say let's say uh, five silver for rope and five silver per day of rations, and and one gold is ten ten silver. So, um, oh. yeah, so so one gold for two days of rations, and then and you know, if you get an odd number, then you can throw a rope in there too. Frankie, Lynn? Karen would also like to go clothes shopping, but um, just tell me how much that is because I'll describe her clothes later. She looks like yeah. well. Remember, you're going. It's winter. And you've just last arc gone up into the mountains where it was snowing, so like you could just use the same clothes as you did last time. What am I no! saying? It's Karen, obviously you want new clothes. <laughs> it's like Oprah, she never wears clothes. the same outfit twice. <laughs> Karen, just go ahead and take an extra, uh, let's say, twenty-five gold off of your total, and then you can have whatever you want to wear. Yes. You know what I just noticed on the map? There's a small town called Womanville. Uh, it's actually called Wampinville. Oh. I want it to be called well let's just I think behind the curtain um, when Penny first showed me this map I said oh Womanville (laughs) like months ago like literally about a year ago and um, since then we've decided that the mayor of Womanville is like this huge buff woman Oh hell yeah. Oh, yeah! And Wampingville is named after her because she just like punches people who misbehave. Amazing! <laughs> I can't wait to go there at some point. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Flynn will buy some 
just thinking about Last Adventures, some climbing, a climbing kit, and he would also like to see if there's some climbing potions or something or that he can find at Murphy's shop. Oh, I should have bought Featherfall. Uh, Karen bought one use of Featherfall the last time you were there. Blynn, same again for supplies. Uh, if you're buying a kit, it's 10 gold. Uh, it's five silver per day of rations, as well as for a, just a rope if that's what you want. And I'll just quickly roll to see if Murphy can get his hands on any potions for you. Cool. Uh, that's a natural one, so no, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Murphy isn't able to get any potions on such short notice. God damn it, Murphy! You're so useless. You have no use to this group. Ah! Oh. <laughs> oh my Go god! <laughs> Let's just say that Ido did notice the date that was happening. He was walking <laughs> the mall as well, and he noticed them. He's like, oh. Oh, I'm just now. I'm just imagining a scene where you didn't realize it was a date at first and you tried to just come and hang out and then oh, the no. other two the other two just acted awkward until you left. <laughs> oh, oh no. no oh no have you, have you ever done that before like seen two people that you know and then didn't realize until it was too late that, that they were on a date and then oh, you I should have leave oh no. i've got it i'm the opposite i see two people that i know and i know that they're on a date and i'm like and you're like i'm gonna ruin this time to be a third wheel baby (laughs) (laughs) i've had someone um gate crash like breaking up in a vehicle crying and i like did the knock 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 hi guys i was like can i get in because it was like a little van you're like can you not like yeah (laughs) i'm gonna have to make the next live show literally just like frankie's date where you all won't leave (laughs) (laughs) yes Hanging out with Frankie on his date. Yeah, okay, so is everybody uh, marked off their gold and got all their supplies all sorted? Yes, ma'am. Frankie is just going to use probably all the stuff that he bought the last time because Frankie just doesn't have all this money now to just go and buy new outfits and stuff. So he's just going to do that, but make sure he has, you know, the rations and the stuff and yeah. Well, also, it's been seven weeks, so you guys can all add 700 gold to your inventories as well. So you do have more gold to spend. Is that why you waited so long, Flynn? No, but I appreciate it. <laughs> That's it. You guys all, you know, collect up your stuff. And then on Friday afternoon, you get together and you, um, you know, meet at the, the, the West Gate and you leave the city. Frankie was just going to be like, you know, to Murphy that, you know, how to cancel any weekend plans that they might have. Uh, That's fine. Uh, had to do like, hey, sorry, I can't uh, hang out this weekend. He said he needed to do stock take anyway, but he did. He did seem a little sad about it. Ugh. He thought that maybe you could have a stock take date because you like counting things. Oh. Frankie would like that. <laughs> oh, the spreadsheets. Yeah. Okay. He does tell you that if you get into any trouble, that, to call him and he'll see what he can do to help. Okay. I'll call you later. <laughs> so how are you traveling, by the way? Did you take a car or are you traveling by foot? Oh, we're taking, we're taking a carriage. We're not. Karen, Karen is not walking to TS. <laughs> and I'm assuming that as you exit the city, one of you shows your Imperial seal to get out just yep. fine? Absolutely. A bit easier now that you've got, you know, silver on your team. Uh, probably a little bit easier to run that. <laughs> as you cross the threshold out of the city, your amulets flare up one more time, and I want everyone to roll wisdom saving throws again. Oh, no. What is my name? Uh, Karen got a 16. Frankie got a 15. I got a nine again. Flynn, you fail. Seventeen. Yeah. So everyone except Flynn passes this one. Oh. Oh. You guys still feel that sense of dread as you exit the city, but Flynn, you actually see another vision. Ugh. You are witnessing a scene within Ymir City, in the central circle, in a place that you know quite well. Um, you're standing amongst a crowd of people, 
looking up at the platform where the goose was thrown from, which you know to be an execution platform. Hmm. And atop that platform, there kneels a brunette woman. Oh gosh. A woman that you feel love and affection for. Oh. There's a man standing over the kneeling woman, and he raises an axe, uh, and, and the sadness and fear kind of overwhelms you for a second. And then you're back in the cart with the rest of the group. Whoa, Flynn, you okay? Flynn's got like this single tear like going down his cheek, like, the fuck? I'm in the heck. Yeah, so he's kind of hugging himself a little bit, looking a little bit sad. Flynn kind of describes the scene to the team and he's like, it really felt like I, that she was really important to me. Was she hot? Yeah, really hot. Uh, d- 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 describe her to us. Uh, Frankie, did you see this woman in your visions before? So she was a beautiful brunette. A brunette. That sounds like Isaiah Jet. Isaiah's a woman? I don't know why I didn't assume that. Isaiah Jet, the, the, the wielder of the, you told me this, the wielder of the uh, yellow pendant, right? Yes. I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> so she was, she was executed for... We knew this though, right? Yeah. The Isaiah Jet was, yeah. And I didn't know that I loved her. I mean, that I mean, <gasps> oh, was it my amulet? Was it my it green will person? Be, yeah. Who was your person? The the green tusked woman. Oh, woman. Oh. <laughs> and who was the yellow pin? Oh, you said it. Sorry, who is the yellow now? No one. That's the one that. That's the one you lost. That's the one. That oh, okay. Uh, that's the one that poet stole. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And he says he's going to give it to his boss, who I believe is um, Master Speck. Yeah. Mm. Who was also there in Frankie's vision. So, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I wish they'd just actually tell us something just once in a while. I know, Master it's so Speck, annoying, right? <laughs> Master, <laughs> Speck, Master Speck just shows up, sends us off to get killed by vampires, and then feels <laughs> appended. And it turns out that he was there all along, 157 years ago, when it all happened. They have told us. They've told us so much, but we're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie says as he's getting agitated a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm not getting any visions, am I? So, so this conversation is happening as you're traveling. Is there anything else that you guys want to cover before we sort of move on to the first stop? It's very funny that um, Karen desperately wants to know more and she wants these visions and her body is just like staunching it out. <laughs> <laughs> and Flynn's like, please take it. I don't want to. <laughs> it's like, you get visions if you're scared enough. And she's like, oh! Very <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> powerful dwarven barbarian. <laughs> Which is fun because barbarians aren't usually good at like mental saves. So Yeah. No, I've just been rolling strange. well. I've just been rolling well. Oh, um, what I would like to do is choose Karen's totems. So what I was going to choose, because I can now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fair. You've had like seven weeks worth of long rests, so you can choose the two that you want to use. Absolutely. Yeah. For um, the sixth level, I wanted to choose elk because with a mounted or on foot, and I, I presume we're, we can be considered as mounted if we're in a carriage. Yeah. Your travel pace is doubled, as is the travel pace of up to 10 companions. The okay, elk spirit so... helps you roam far and fast. So, so she... I'm going to put the carriage driving the car, yeah. and she's driving recklessly. She's oh, driving recklessly. Uh, the, the, spirits, the spirits sent her to the carriage with the fastest animals. Uh, she's, you know, being guided by the spirit of the elk, uh, who is, you know... Moving very ah. fast. And <laughs> and I'd also like to choose, I think, the wolf. So it says, while you're raging, 
Your friends have advantage on melee attack rolls against any creature within five feet of you that is hostile to you. The spirit of the wolf makes you a leader of hunters. I'd like to try okay. that one out. Cool. Yeah, that's fine. I might just slide an electrum into my sock so that I know, because I've been called out before, that I should always have one on my on my person, like, directly. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Frankie would just like to, like, send a quiet message through the Sending Stone to Murphy to be like, oh, hey, we're <gasps> nearly at the first stop and uh, just wanted to say hi. Aw. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> is Idafer still being a sour pout? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it loud enough that it's on like a speakerphone, like we can all hear it? That's up to Frankie if he would like try and muffle it somehow. Uh yeah, Frankie would try and just muffle it a little bit, because you you know, you know. I was like, who who's that? Who's who are you talking to? Uh, uh well, just just I'm just talking to Murphy, just putting in an order for some magic items. Don't worry about oh, it. Yeah, an what, do you, what do you need, man? I, I take orders for magic items very seriously. Uh, let me know what you want to order. Tell him more Electrum. Yeah, more Electrum. I'm always on that. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I guess I'll be right into Alakast. Is there anything else that you need, Francis? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frankie's just blushing. What did he just call you? Uh, and he's like, uh, 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 not right now. Thank you for your service. Bye. And then just hangs up. <laughs> Frankie is like bright red, right? Yes, <laughs> bright red. Like uh... Murphy kind of enjoys teasing you about this, where the other party can hear. Like he's not embarrassed about this at all. <laughs> Karen says, "You know, if 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 Flynn's taught me anything, it's that it's always good to have a positive working relationship with your clients." It's a working the people, relationship. The people, the people that you buy from, and the closer the better, really. So good oh. work, Frankie. We're just, just <laughs> getting redder and redder. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ida's got his arms crossed and he's really cross and he's not talking. <laughs> Since Frankie told him the story about the birthday party, he loves calling you Mr. Sourpout. Like that's his oh. new, that's his new <laughs> name for you. Around nightfall, you reach the crossroads, which is quite a bit faster than you would have gotten there otherwise. Which is the, well, you can see it on the map, uh, one of them would lead to uh, Titan Slumber, and the other one would just carry on, you know, up towards the lake. And you reach the crossroads, and there's not much there. There's just a, basically just a small inn called the um, called the Two Paths. And um, you decide that you know it's a good time to stop here and you know have yourself a have yourself a rest and carry on in the morning. Karen, can you please book us some rooms? I would like my own room. Thank you very much. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good to see you're doing nothing to earn that nickname. <laughs> We're all going to have our own rooms, I think. Uh, but uh, yeah, Karen, Karen will take charge, um, bus and bustle on in nice and quick, and say. Uh, Hello, uh, we're looking for four rooms for the night and lodgings for our two horses and carriage, please. Absolutely. Uh, where are you headed? Oh, we're off. Uh, we're just off out, e uh, out east, actually. Oh, so you're going to uh, you're going to Titan Slumber, are you? Oh yes, yes. Huh? What are you doing out there? Nothing out there but a bunch of no good hippies. <laughs> well, uh, even even hippies have to buy things, so. We're just going to see if we can get any supply chain started out. You know, if not, it's a nice place to go and see a little bit of scenery. Aye, good luck with that. Uh, she charges you 15 gold for, you know, all your rooms. 
uh, you know, everyone gets their own room, so 15 gold for your rooms, plus the, um, you know, lodgings for your horse and carriage overnight. Sweet. Karen will take care of that. Cool. And as you're sort of sitting and eating your dinner, because that comes with the comes with the room, you're actually approached by, you know, a man in, like, adventurer's leathers. Uh, he's, a, he's a human, and he comes over and he sits down with you, and he's like, um, hello, uh, my name is, my name is Ezen, and, uh, I'm going up to the hills to hunt down a beast. There's actually, uh, been quite a lot of, uh, reports around here of, uh, I'm not sure what it is really, it's too fast, but, uh, everyone on the road is complaining that, you know, there's a beast that's robbing them, and we're going up into the hills to see if we can hunt it down, and, uh, wanted to see if, uh, any travelers like yourselves might, uh, be keen to join. We'd, uh, happily share the, uh, recovered goods with you and would pay you for your time. Um, out of curiosity, is Ethan quite handsome? I think he's pretty handsome, yeah. Okay, Artif is like, oh, a strong, handsome man like you wants us to join. That sounds like fun, doesn't it, team? Uh, uh okay, so, uh, it's, thank you for looking at us and thinking that we're some kind of adventurous party but really we are we are just simple parchment company employees and we're going out to do a little bit of uh, supply chain uh, maintenance though i'm really not sure how we can help you out there sir so there's a uh, ida was kind of interested in him frankie's like yeah i'm keen for that i'll show you what i'm like i'm a real man i could do those things <laughs> hey, that's the that's the spirit. Uh, well, and, and an answer to you, ma'am. Uh, Yamiya City is no joke. You know, anyone who could survive there is bound to come in handy. So, just thought I'd uh, you know try you all out and see if I could get some help with me uh, with me crew over here. Oh, you want to try us out? Do uh, you? And over at another table, you can see uh, there's there's three other people out over there. You can see a like a black skinned tiefling. Um, you can see oh. a female halfling, and you can see um, a tall green skinned man with tusks. Well, now we don't see many of uh, we don't see many of uh, hey, well, that. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not. I'm trying not to say that sort <laughs> of. Uh, oh, we don't see many. Uh, are you uh, are you from Toff, perhaps? Uh, I am. Uh, I am a half orc. Just decided to travel and sort of ended up around here working with this group. Uh, yes, but you're right, I do hail from Toph. Well, welcome to even me, sir. I hope you've been having a nice time so far. I've been here for 28 years, but thank you. <laughs> and have they been a nice 28 years? She's a, she's a, she's a dwarf. He just kind of, he just kind of shrugs. Oh, true, He's yeah. like, yeah, fine. Yeah, sure. she, she's a dwarf. She's like, yeah, 28 years sounds, you know, whatever. <laughs> I sidle up to the, um, to the taping and I'm like, what generation are you? Uh, hi, my name is Frond. Uh, what do you mean? Are you from Yamiasar or...? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I came from the, come from the city. Okay, just because, you know, there's not a lot of us around, right? Oh, uh, oh, you mean like how many of my parents are tieflings? Yeah. Uh, I guess that would make me, uh, third, third generation. Ah, cool. Somebody was busy. Nice, nice to meet you. <laughs> In the far corner, you can see a uh, you can see another man. He's wearing a like a like a robe with a hood on it. Um, he's got one of those like shifty little thin mustaches. Um, <laughs> roll, roll me a uh, roll me a perception check. Dirty twenty. Uh, you can see he's got pointed ears. Elven. Well, it's probably more likely to be a half elf. 
uh, given that you don't see a lot of full-blooded elves. Uh, no. <laughs> aside from aside from Idafer, none of you have ever met a full-blooded elf before. Is he so? Is he with this group, or is he? Yeah, he's he's there. It just took you a minute to see him because he's like wearing a black ro- like a full black robe. Um, oh, is the edgy he's, one? He's a bit shifty. Yeah, he's a bit he's a bit <laughs> of an edge lord. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And Eisen says, um, oh, this this uh, shouldn't take long. We've got a magic user with us. Uh, say hi, Sneeze. And and the guy kind of like, you know, gives the eyebrows. And uh, we got uh, we got Frond. We got Henry. Uh, Henry's the female halfling. And we've got Jakru, which is the half-orc. He's, we've got a pretty good party now. I think, uh, you know, between, what, the nine of us? We should have a pretty easy time uh, dealing with this beast. So uh, the, the, the objective is to capture it. We know where it's. Uh, we know where it, it rests. There's a cave up in the hills. And uh, let's let's see if we can go up there and uh, see if we can't trap it. Hold on a second. Um, you said... Any, any whispers against magic? Hey, uh, let's not uh, be shouting that to the gods, but uh, Sneeze over here, uh, he apparently knows a couple of spells. Yeah, I've, seen him, I've seen him shoot lightning at people. And, uh, you know, it comes in handy from time to time. Okay, 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 okay. So let's say we do go and help you out with this beast. How long is this going to take? Because we are on a time schedule. We are working here. Karen, we have like a week off. The cave's not far away. We know where it rests. And assuming we can get it tonight while it's asleep, shouldn't be more than an hour or two. I think we can probably do it, right? It sounds like fun. We like an adventure. Uh... Yeah, but can I just clarify? Did they say that the beast was robbing people? They did, yeah. Yes, that is strange. Generally, so we might generally find like wild, a hoard of gold. Generally, wild animals don't really care about oh uh, a hoard of uh, oh a hoard of gold. You, you know, you know, you know. Uh, actually, it might be quite good for us to go out and get a little bit of fresh air and a little bit of moonlight and uh, see what we can come up with. Wait, do you think there's a big well I think this is a big well I oh, think this wow. is a chance to. Uh, go out and have a little bit of fun in the evenings. Don't fun. talk about Wilby in front of other people. Karen, we might die. Don't talk about Wilby in front of other people. Oh, come on, Karen, they use magic. You just used Wilby. You just made Wilby suspicious. You're going to be my colleague. <laughs> yeah, also that. Uh, no, because I don't... It immediately said, I think this is a big Wilby. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a colleague. <laughs> it's a big, a big human. Anyway, go on, Penny. So you guys like play it off like a big Welby is just like city slang for you know a big animal. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a Welby down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, the adventurer Eisen pays you you know twenty five gold as a deposit. He's like, well, you can we'll we'll split what we recover once we get there. Um, but this is like a good faith you know good faith deposit for you guys just to show that you can see that we're legit. And you go for, you know, just a walk up into the hills. It doesn't take very long. Roll me survival checks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we get there fine, right? We get there fine. <laughs> yeah, we get there completely fine. Um, but Ido did only get a 10. Frankie got a 7. Uh, 4. Karen's wearing, Karen's wearing heels. Karen's wearing her heel heels. <laughs> and um, so she's, she's tromping along. Is she chomping as well? Has she eaten grass lately? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a great idea. She bends down and she eats a handful of grass. And Everyone it's very strange. It's super weird. It's super weird. <laughs> We're just um, like, nah, she does it all the time. 
Flynn, what did you get for your survival check? Uh, 16. You guys got overall pretty low for a group check. Sorry. So, you're, you know, you traverse through this, like, you know, light forest uh, within the night. You do get a bit harassed by a mountain lion, but Aizen does, you know, like, chase it away by, like, banging a sword on a, on a wooden shield and, you know, makes it run off. And he, he doesn't think that that's, that's what you're there for. But you do eventually uh, find yourself uh, at what, the, what these people are claiming is the hideout of the beast. But it's a cave entrance that's barricaded with wood, like someone's built a wall into the front of it. And, you know, it smells pretty bad. And there's a, there's a locked door. It definitely doesn't seem like this is something that an animal would, would work with. Is it locked from the inside or outside? Uh, appears to be locked from the inside. Okay, so when you when you say beast, is that like a rural euphemism for bandits? Because this <laughs> is not the work of an animal. Well, from what I have heard, bandits don't move that fast. We've, you know, we've heard some growling. Uh, people have got claw marks on them. And after the things traveled on, you know, they've, they've lost their, you know, wallets and bits and pieces. Uh, oh, I'm just, look, I'm just working off a rumor here. I don't know what's in there. I just, that's why I wanted to hire some strangers. It's a bunch of halflings on a, on, on, on mountain In a trench coat. <laughs> or, admittedly, it could be one of my people. A tiefling? Well, you think it's a tiefling? I think it might be a druid. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not a druid. Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> there I, yep. Uh, you mean, right. you, no mean you mean you read about druids a lot and yes and i think they're cool well that's that's actually quite handy does is there anything that a druid can do that like allows them to move too fast to be seen well depends what they become isn't it hmm can one of you guys get this door flynn goes up and knocks on the door <laughs> <laughs> flynn <Hello. again. laughs> talk 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 <laughs> uh, there's, there's no answer to just being knocked uh, it's okay probably karen something... you've got this uh, you want me to break it? Yes, please. Yes. Fine. And is there is there more grass around here? Yeah, there's plenty. But you're up in the hills. <laughs> Fine. She grabs a fistful of grass with her left hand, and she punches the door with her right, with the ring of the ram on it. Roll me an attack roll. I will do that for you. Twenty-one. And by the way, you would get plus strength, but not plus proficiency. Yes. Is that still what it is? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that pretty easily. And roll me your damage. God, I keep forgetting how good the grammar is. Two d twelve. I gave you that way too early in the story. Yeah, and the target <laughs> is knocked back and feet equal to the dice roll. Um, so that is eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen damage, and it gets knocked back fourteen feet. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you have a punch at the door. And it's not very well built, like it's just, you know, like random lumber and stuff and like logs and things. You do punch the door and it like rips itself out of the door frame and like tumbles back into the tunnel behind. You're hit by a pretty bad smell as uh, as inside of the, of the tunnel. There's like random slots in the walls and when the door like hits the ground, um, axes start swinging uh, back and forward like across the tunnel um, and you can actually see in here that there's a bunch of like dead bodies and like partially decomposed people and stuff <gasps> on the inside here. What an entrance. Oh my god. What the hell? Aren't you glad we tripped that trap? And she starts eating. She starts eating the handful of grass. Oh, I thought you were going to say you start eating the bodies <laughs> oh and I was god. like, oh, hey, why? Oh, I to say, I like, what? Karen goes cannibal. Oh. <laughs> That can be our Halloween episode. 
No, she's she's like standing there quite um quite casually just eating this handful of grass again. Um yeah, like Aizen and his guys kinda like stare at you and they're kinda whispering amongst themselves, they're like, uh oh, I wasn't expecting that, alright. Flynn leans leans forward and he's like, it's a new health craze. And Aizen's like, um, well I just sort of meant to pick the lock, but Okay. <laughs> uh well and, and then while you're talking the axes stop. And and Frond is like, alright, well, um, if, and Frond is the tiefling, by the way. He's like, alright, well, looks like the trap's been set, so let, I gotta do a different voice for all of them. He's like, looks like the trap's been set, so, um, <laughs> let's go. And he walks uh, past you guys into the tunnel, um, and once he, his, like, feet touch a certain part of the, of the tunnel, um, the axes start swinging again, um, oh. and in front of you, he's, like, chopped to bits. Oh my <gasps> god! Oh my god! <laughs> And, and um, the other guys are standing there with their teeth like, ooh, <laughs> oh, frond. I'm sure and, like, Ido okay. is quite clearly shaken, but he's like, well, I guess it means more for the rest of us. I hope you went frond of him. <laughs> I hope you didn't say that out loud, because it's like not a good time for a dad joke. <laughs> Please say that out loud. <laughs> Maybe he whispered, <laughs> he awkwardly whispers it. To, who, who's closest to him? Like, like Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> we just start laughing. The big axes do. Uh, the big axes do chop him to pieces, and they swing for about ten seconds um, before the, you hear a click, and they uh, they stop swinging again. Well, that's not my area of expertise. Who knows how to get rid of traps? I guess I can give it a go. He puts his hand up, but then when Ida talks, he puts his hand back down. <laughs> good idea, buddy. Uh, Ida, roll me a perception check. I think this might be a good chance for you two to start working together again, actually. If Frankie's going to help, then you can oh, have a good yeah. Oh, yes, I, I got I'll, use, I'll, I'll use my flash of genius. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, under, under fear of death, they learn how to be friends. Um, that's a 26. So what you gather is that the floor seems to be pressurized. The axes will sing for about 10 seconds and there's about six of them all in a row and they're close enough together that you couldn't like get your body in between them. You couldn't like walk past one and then wait for one to um, yeah. to stop. Uh, and at the other end of the hallway, just kind of hidden a little bit by the rock formation, um, you can see what looks like a, a lever at the other end. Can I, is there any way for me to use like sleight of hand or something to disable the pressurized plate? Um, it's about 30 feet uh, away and you don't see, you don't see specifically which part of it is pressurized. Like you're getting the feeling that maybe it's the entire floor. You said it was a tunnel, right? Is it just like dug into the dirt? It's just a, like a naturally occurring cave that's been modified. What did you have, Frankie? Uh, Frankie was just going to suggest to send Hans there to activate the pressure and then yeah. it'll swing and then it'll stop but then you know the, the floor still thing do you know what I mean like like an Indiana Jones style of situation I, I mean I mean well then you, I can make hands can, is, can Hans pull the lever he could sit on it like use his body weight yeah I mean can we just, can we just send Hans over to the lever to pull um, it Ida's going to walk out of the cave and just see if he can find a heavy rock somewhere. Okay. <laughs> I don't want this. <laughs> okay, so, while, so so you roll me a nature check, and Frankie, while this is happening, are you sending Hans in? Yes. Ida, he's like walking away. I'm like, okay, we'll try my plan while Ida's not here. <laughs> <laughs> no! 
roll me a uh so i'd say hans is probably too short that he could just walk underneath of the axes and he probably wouldn't get hit by them like if someone was like trying to crawl underneath they'd probably still get chopped but hans is very small so i think you'd probably be all right okay um does he have enough does he have the ability to like reach up and pull a lever that would be at you know like human height i mean he has we have uh, established he has a little whirly jig so he can hover okay but he can't like reach from the bottom you know what i mean he'd have to yeah. hover and yeah okay so so assuming that that's all right he does just like drive underneath and the axes all go and he's just what does he say as the you know he's like just going underneath all of the axes uh he he is gonna just say like i'm too sexy to get hit because i'm too <laughs> exposed so he's like mm. he's almost cooler than frankie you've been experimenting with his programming Yes, I have. Hmm. <laughs> uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. that. Oh, and you get to the other end, uh, and then he uses his little like hovering helicopter to fly up and pull the lever. Yes. Okay. Um. After that happens, you hear a clunk, and then Idafa comes back with a big rock. I'm gonna put the rock on the pressure plate. Cool. No- yeah. Nothing happens. Perfect. Yay! All right. Teamwork. I think we are probably safe. <laughs> get one of the others to go in first. Frond sneeze. No, not Frond. Frond is dead. Frond is dead. Let me start that one again. Uh, Aizen and party. Mm, sh- would you like to go first? Yeah, absolutely. And they do. They walk into the tunnel. The first one of them is like a bit cautious. Like, you know, puts <laughs> his foot like well out forwards. But there's nothing. And then once he sort of like walks to where Frond was and there's still no axes, he just carries on through with his friends. All right, off we go. Slim's going to come up last and then be like, I'm just going to see if there's anything useful for this uh, terrible things on Franz. And also just to quickly make sure he actually has passed away. Okay, roll me a medicine check. You're going to loot the body? That was a nat one, so I'm going to re-roll that. But just basking on the moment of that, also been, almost been really awkward. It's got like four pieces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. 19. He's definitely dead. Like, okay. he got <laughs> chopped about 10 times by axes within the course of 10 <laughs> seconds. Like, he bled out pretty quickly. <laughs> so, confirming that he's definitely passed away, politely. Now Flynn's going to kind of see if there's anything useful in this terrifying area that um, we could take with us. Okay, so go ahead and roll me an investigation check. A loot the body check. Oh, ah, that was a net 20, but so I got 24. You find 150 gold uh, in a pouch... You find a couple of daggers, a few daggers, and you find a, uh, a short bow and some arrows, uh, and you find a, like a bounty poster. Ooh. And on it uh, is the description of the beast uh, that, does, it doesn't say that this cave is where to find it, so they must have done some extra, you know, some, you know, some extra investigating. But basically what you hear is like, yeah, there's a beast on this road, moves too fast to be seen, it's been robbing people. There's a few uh, people who have uh, reported that it's, you know, stolen their goods and that there's one, you know, like traveling wizard who said that it, you know, took all of his Electrum, which is kind of weird because Electrum is supposed to be illegal, but you kind of know it's a little less enforced outside of the city. Mm. And yeah, so so it does kind of corroborate their story about, about what they're doing. Okay. Mm. And does the is the amount that's on the poster a good like they're not trying to like rip us off and be like we'll split you in less? Did it ma- did it match up? Well, they promised you that they would pay you up front and split whatever you found. Oh yeah. They never like agreed to share the main bounty with you. Oh okay. 
So you make it to the other side of the tunnel without incident, <laughs> other than, you know, getting a little bit of blood on your shoes. And on the other side, there's an absolute treasure trove over there. You know, they've oh. got crates and crates of stolen goods. There's money, there's food, there's all kinds of things. There's also a tunnel that leads further into the cave. Ooh, watch out for traps, guys. Well, we should probably just take this and leave, right? No. No. <laughs> and look up, look up in case there's anything, you know. Like a huge spider queen? Yeah. <laughs> guys, I'm getting an icky feeling about this room. The other party was in here long before you guys, and nothing triggered. Oh. Yeah. I think we should come back, like, kill the thing, get the thing first, and then loot this area. I want to explore a bit, though. It's not like we don't have the space for the loot. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Still got- Never mind. And Aizen turns around, and all of his men are holding their weapons. Oh. And he says, uh, that's one plan. Uh, the other one is, um, you could all cough up your valuables, hippies. Uh. And if you let this be easy, uh, we'll even ship your remains back to the city so your families can have something to mourn. How does that sound? Man! And Ida takes out his dagger like, good luck. Idafa, when you go to summon your dagger, like, there's two parts to this process, right? There's the, like, you thinking that you want your dagger, and then there's the dagger being projected into your hand. Hey. Um, have you ever driven a car with a handbrake on before? Oh, yes. yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like, is that you ask for the dagger, and it resists. <laughs> and you're like, haha, I'm gonna... And you do it a couple of times, and the dagger does not appear in your hand. <laughs> your amulets are misbehaving. Oh, no! <laughs> Alright, it's me, Aizen. Thanks very much for listening to the show. And make sure you don't get scammed out there. It's very easy.